Hey guys, this is Pete, just inviting you to check out my ebook novels, Frankenstein Soul's Echo and Frankenstein The Life Beyond. Uh, also, my award winning children's chapter book, Princess Belle and the Dragon's Charm, all on EnceladusLiterary.com. Thanks, now on with the show. Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a show where we look at anything in this world and arrogantly say how we'd fix it. And I can prove it with my usual flawless logic. These two idiots. <laughs> we give our thoughts on movies and TV shows that should or should not have been. I think he is a she. And I think she's a changeling. In that case, be extra careful. With your host, Pete. Hey, buddy. Didn't expect to see you here. Look, it's me. I'm here to deal with it. Let's move on. I just, I drop it. And Greg. You've been reckless this summer, Harry. I like riding around on trains. Takes my mind off things. And we slowly and mercilessly beat our subject to death. We're not sure how to describe a weapon to the scale. It's another Death Star. I wish that were the case, Major. This was the Death Star. And this is Starkiller Base. So it's big. Have you replaced your computer yet? With what? With a replacement actor, because that's what we're talking oh. about. <laughs> oh, Brian. <laughs> it's uh, replacement-itis. <laughs> and somebody who clicks on this and says, what does that title mean? Well, it means watch the later seasons of ER. <laughs> For reference point. Watch about any season of ER. I feel like they were constantly replacing people on that show, even early on. Yeah, you get to about season three, and then you start to be like, well, we need another, you know, stereotype for this actor so get him <laughs> so, this one's slightly different they look the same but have this backstory that's right yeah er basically set some stereotypes and archetypes and then did nothing but just fill those for the rest of their 85 year run here's the cranky but big-hearted surgeon <laughs> uh-oh here's the med student slash slightly attractive nurse for some reason <laughs> She's going to sleep with everybody. <laughs> Jeez, everybody? Everybody. <laughs> uh, but in the movie realm, we're in the uh, the heart of the Carrie Fisher conversation about what do they do? What do they do? Episode 8 and 9, episode 8 being complete. What do they do with someone who's no longer around? And that brought up a good point. This has happened before. Uh, a few times, unfortunately. Yeah. From the uh, from the minuscule, like the Oracle and Matrix, to the Maxicule? I don't know what the opposite of minuscule would be. Is the, uh, you know, something like Paul Walker and Fast and Furious dying midway, or Richard Philip Harris. Philip Hoffman. Or Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah, and Hunger oh. Games. There's another one. Or Richard Harris's Dumbledore dying after part two. So it's it is not a a new thing, but it's a new thing that we exist in a world where they can digitally put Tarkin on screen. <laughs> <laughs> so it brings up a lot of, I guess, ethical. I guess. Have no talking. I should have expected to find you in the uncanny valley. <laughs> Delightful to the last, but you found my PlayStation cutscene. <laughs> uh, so it's just a, a a long sorted history of replacement for one reason or the other, whether it's somebody dying, unfortunately, or like on set, like Brandon Lee in The Crow, or just someone you know, like Richard Harris. You, you cast someone who's 170, you're probably not going to have them last for all seven books. So it, it, it has happened. It will continue to happen. Or it's something like Terrence Howard was in Iron Man and they replaced him with Don Cheadle and people blinked for a second and said, oh, okay, let's just, that's fine. Because it wasn't a major character. Yeah, you run into this in all kinds of forms and all kinds of ways that uh, studios and film franchises choose to kind of address these things. So I guess that's really what we're talking about today. And um, kind of specifically, I guess, focusing on what 
they may end up choosing to do with what has been what we don't have a whole lot of information about um, all the nuts and bolts here, obviously with episode seven and eight for star Wars, but it was confirmed basically shortly after she passed away. And maybe even before that, that um, the princess Leia character was going to have a very central role in both of those movies. And I believe they had finished filming everything for eight. Yeah, they're done with everything from eight. But if you just think of it from a basic storytelling standpoint, you have the only confirmed Skywalker offspring. We still don't know where Ray comes from, but the only confirmed Skywalker offspring is Ben. So, and you already have the father passed away. And if you have a soap opera, space opera storytelling, like they've been doing for the last 40 years, it logic only says, well, now he got left is his mother and his aunt or his mother's his mother and his <laughs> uncle. Sorry, Luke. Um, so it just goes to show, all right, well, they would dramatically have some sort of meeting that would be significant, either an eight or nine, because that's her son who killed her Han. And now we don't know what they shot in episode eight. So (laughs) she may never even have shared the screen with Adam Driver. And if they were planning on that for episode nine, do you recast Carrie Fisher? Do you digitally put in Carrie Fisher? Do you poochie Carrie Fisher and just simply say, my planet needs me and a cell just leaves the screen? Well, and we can we can kind of talk about ways the different uh, films have chosen to handle some of this stuff and kind of debate how well that worked in some cases versus others and see if that might be a direction where it sounds like that would be a good idea for them to try to use to solve uh, the current dilemma or not. So, Well, the only thing I know is I do not envy being Lucasfilm and Disney right now trying to figure this out. That is just a mind-bending conundrum to try and think about for something on this level because yeah, going getting into it, you know, the the most recent famous comparison would be uh Fast and Furious when Paul Walker died when they were like 50% done with that movie and I guess they realized, look, we've already created a story, the guy's integral to the story. How do we delicately back him out? And I guess what they did is they got his brothers who looked enough like him to do shots from the distance. And then in close-ups, they digitally put his face over him. I guess it worked. <laughs> I mean, it was it was enough. Uh, didn't see it, so I can't really comment. Okay. I guess it worked. <laughs> it was... <laughs> it was it was one of those things that even if you didn't know Paul Walker died in real life, you'd still watch it kind of going, well, that was a bit weird. <laughs> Why did they shoot that like that? That's really odd and awkward. Um, but it worked enough. It worked enough. I mean, it, it's spoiler alert for Fast and Furious 7 because I know all of our listeners care so much about that. <laughs> is the final scene is from uh is with the whatever the song was the I'll see you again song that was very popular at the time and kind of fit and it was him and Vin Diesel you know kind of playfully racing down a Malibu highway right on the ocean at sunset and you know, they do that side-by-side shot, and you'd see Vin Diesel driving, and he's obviously driving. And then when they do the reverse shot of Paul Walker driving, I guess it was one of his brothers driving the car, and it was just a digital face replacement, a head replacement of Paul Walker smiling. And luckily, they didn't hold on too long, because I think they realized the Tarkin problem they had, which was, oh, you look at this too long, and you start to go, Wait, what? Something's not right. <laughs> Something's not right. Yeah, so it worked because they did it just enough to be like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then they cut away, and then, you know, the car splits off down the road, drives off into the sunset kind of thing. So they did it sparingly, but it was kind of jarring in how they did it. So I mean, we've got that Tarkin problem. 
I don't think you can digitally put Carrie Fisher into this movie with the technology they have right now. It would just I was gonna say, well, we're so new to seeing this kind of technology being employed. Maybe, God, maybe even like three years from now, you could probably get away with doing it more seamlessly. And maybe they're going to bank on, maybe they'll just delay episode nine coming out and, um, you know, do what Lucas claimed back in the day, why he didn't just roll right into making some of these movies after Jedi was, uh, I'm waiting for the technology so I can make my movies. Well, it's possible. I just think based on what they did with Paul Walker, they either have to go, they can't go like middle ground with this. They can't do a Tarkin uh, in Rogue One. They have to either say. Well, and Tarkin was an ancillary character in that movie. I mean. But even so, they held on him a long time. That's oh, they did. Saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay. The difference in the, the Fast and the Furious stuff is they they realized, okay, we're digitally replacing his head. So we can't hold on these shots of Paul Walker. We yeah. have to just kind of. Cut away just before the human brain starts to pick up on, wait, that looks a little, oh, they cut. Now they're on to something else. So they either have to find some way to do that with Leia off in the distance, um, which might just feel like a cheat or or just they <laughs> She's have, into the shadow all the time. Yeah. Or they have to write her out entirely. I don't think they can't, they can't do a middle ground. And I think recasting would be so weird. <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's talk about some. I, I've got a list in front of me here. Um, I guess this is from IFC's website of uh, the best and worst recast movie roles, and we can kind of debate how well recasting has worked for some movies. So the uh, one of the ones they name as a best was uh, replacing Katie Holmes with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Sure. Um, for The Dark Knight. And then he gave up eight years of being Batman, something you <laughs> trained his entire life for, not for Katie Holmes, but for Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, a lot of these are worst. Uh, Jodie Foster to Julianne Moore for Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal. Yep, and that did not work for me at all. I like Julianne Moore as, a, as an actress, but... And see, that's the problem you're having on an exponential scale with Carrie Fisher is Jodie Foster became iconic in that role. Now you're talking about something that's even more iconic, like perhaps the most iconic you can get in Hollywood is Princess Leia. And it was that bad with Julianne Moore from Jodie Foster. So, well, and going back to the uh, going back to the Batman franchise for a moment, um, the fact that they chose not to recast or do some kind of manipulation thing to make you think that Heath Ledger's Joker was around in any way, shape, or form in that third Nolan verse movie, um, exactly. You know. <laughs> and I, I think that's where Lucasfilm is going to be in that Chris Nolan camp. Chris Nolan saying, "No, I'm." He was the actor. I'm not going to replace him. That's who it was. I think that's the way Lucasfilm's going to be is we can do this, but should we? And I think they'll fall on that line. I wonder how much uh, I wonder how much they might end up changing around then for. Go. Yeah, and I mean, that's really what they apparently chose to do with the last two Hunger Game movies with the Philip Seymour Hoffman character. They, Most of his stuff in, in that case was already filmed, but they just got a little creative with some of the editing, and they also ended up just giving uh, some of what was supposed to happen with that character and that role to um, another character or several other characters. I'm not sure which exactly, but um, yeah, they didn't go around and recast and refilm everything which makes me think that depending on what they do with episode eight that could fall on to luke and you know he, he is the uncle and he is the trainer who lost ben so it and who knows i mean maybe that's what they were planning on anyways it was just going to be an ancillary thing that hey i'm your mother and you killed your father and you're a little douchebag who needs a spanking and <laughs> uh, uh i don't that- know 
uh, for some reason, I just keep thinking of various force ghosts. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the out. Maybe they'll make Leia a force ghost and she'll still influence him, but it won't matter if she looks a little off. Nah, no, I don't think. I don't think Ghost Han show back up. Kid, you can't kill me again. (laughs) I I learned you, Ben. (laughs) I learned the force for some reason. (laughs) I can do this incredibly difficult thing that only three Jedi could do. I'm a force. Don't ask why. (laughs) Don't ask how Anakin was a force ghost. We don't know. He never learned. Why did he get young? No one gets it. (laughs) I think that they're going to have. Obi-Wan and Yoda show up as force ghosts somehow in episode eight or nine or either or both. <laughs> Skip it. No. Oh, sure. Uh, it just could be. I I just don't envy them. I don't know how you would do this. I mean, again, it's real problematic not knowing what the plans were, but just from an outsider point of view, it. You're damned if you do and damned if you don't. I mean, if you've got her set up as this big arc with her son and now you can't do that, how do you... I mean, that that's a magic trick of screenwriting is, I think, the way to go and not the magic trick of digital head replacement or casting. It turns out that Luke was actually the dad. He just happens to look exactly like Han. And then that that music (laughs) kicks in again when Leia says, he's my brother. (laughs) (laughs) And it truly is a horrific space opera. (laughs) Oh, God, please don't. Yeah, I know you're going to you're going to have to have some other character come in and play whatever that role was that she was supposed to play. I just I don't know. I mean, I I get the inclination to hand it off and have Luke fill that role. I just don't know if. uh, I mean, granted, the characters are still family and everything like that, but obviously it would be very different between and you'd have a lot more echoes with the. You know, father-son tension in the original trilogy, and then you had the mother-son trilogy or tension in this new trilogy and everything. But uh, yeah, but I think, but I think based on the the new canon that surrounds the movie and the backstory being what it is, that I think they have a lot more to mine with Luke, because you know the backstory is is that he was training the. I mean, how they he says it in episode seven. Han does. He's like, he was training a new form of Jedi and Ben flipped out and killed every one of them and took off and went to the dark side. And Luke took it upon himself to say he had failed. And so it's more of his redemption than it is Leia because Leia in the book Bloodline, spoiler, mm-hmm. um, it takes place about 10 years before Force Awakens and Leia's in the Senate of the New Republic and she's going to be running for like the new head of the new Republic uh, to try and bring everybody together. But then somebody, you know, drops the Trump Russia connection on her and says that, uh, Hey, wait a minute. Her father was Darth Vader. What? And suddenly it spreads like wildfire. And so she sends a message at the very end of the book because Ben is already off training with Luke and she sends him like a private voicemail and just says look I wanted you to hear this from me before you hear it from somebody else no matter where you are in the galaxy this is how you know this is who your grandfather was and yada yada and that's what kind of spun Ben off in that fateful adolescent time of rebelling and being an emo dork to suddenly realizing (laughs) wait a minute my grandpa was cool as hell he was Darth Vader and that's where that spun off so yeah, she has that connection because she's the mother, but as far as the story they've set up, it's it's a deeper it's a deeper like backstory between what he did to Luke than what it was that he did to her. You now, the other thing that I could see them trying to pull with um and there's been speculation about this that Luke was going to try to learn from some of the mistakes of the old Jedi order and everything and they were going to potentially uh no longer be like, oh, uh, you can't be attached to anybody. Um, and so uh, maybe he's 
married or something, and maybe that female character would step in and do some of whatever the lair role was going to... Uh, who knows? Mara Jade is real? Could be. I don't know. <laughs> Ray is... Or wait, I don't know. <laughs> it's all speculation at this point. Yeah, it is. So, what is the best replacement situation? Okay, well, don't don't pull what they did back in the day. And again, you were limited by technology with this. But uh, when Peter Sellers died, they decided to keep going forward with, uh, I think it was called like the Curse of the Pink Panther or something like that. And they literally just had a bunch of like B-roll stuff from other movies that he'd been in in the series and they cobbled together those outtakes and like would throw in every now and again like you know somebody wearing from the back the Cluzo outfit and you do a bad overdub of dialogue with a voice impersonator and everything and the whole movie was basically just this reporter walking around going where do you think Clouseau is and people doing like a highlight reel of wasn't this funny when it originally happened um yeah something like that would be terrible and again um you don't need to do that, obviously, today with where we're at with some of this technology stuff like we just talked about. But I don't know. I guess if I, like, actually had to just definitively decide or something like that, it would be either just have some kind of little flashback stuff or something that's very, very minor um, with her kind of presence being felt through other characters and maybe a visual here or there um, and just make it very minimal. Um, ideally, probably just do it with the writing. But again, you're going to have to parse out whatever was originally going to happen there or just change it completely. Um, maybe they abandon that entire line of thinking uh, with any of these other characters or people that we can think of and everything where they've run into this. I mean, can you, can you think of any examples where it's dramatically changed the outcome of a movie because they lost somebody at a certain point in the shooting? I don't know if the crow with Brandon Lee dying, I don't know if anything major story-wise changed with that, or if they just had to get more creative with the shots. Do you I see? I don't know have any how idea? far in they word on that movie. I just know he got killed. In the movie, I think they were pretty far along. Yeah, I think they were too, from my memory of it. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, I hate to go and keep going back to it, because it's the only one I can think of, because it's mm-hmm. so recent, and it, it just it fits what we're talking about, is the whole Fast and the Furious thing, is they were only 50% done. Yeah. And he was a main, I mean, he's one of the two leads of the movie, and they decided to continue on with digital tricks and rewrite a little bit to bring his character down uh, from his importance, but um, I mean, we just have uh, so many examples to, to choose from, and what was the best between you've got digital replacements and shooting around, or you've just got straight-up recasts, like putting Gambon in for Harris's Dumbledore, or uh, what well, I mean, Cheadle obviously, from, in, a or... practic- yeah, from a practicality stance, I mean, I I was fine with them replacing that, but, I mean, he also happened to come in when the movie series started getting more solid as far as the writing and the kids acting and just kind of across the board. Um, and then you have something like The Matrix, where you've got the Oracle, the character for the Oracle dying, who's not a main character, but it, it's they were able to say, well, we're in this world of fake digital creations anyway, so let's just say that, uh, oh, no, she was, uh, you know, I'm just a digital recreation in a different form or something. And then you have... Yeah, apparently they're going to have to do something like that with um, Twin Peaks because um, this probably won't mean a whole lot to you. But uh, one of kind of the big villain force, supernatural force in that series was some a character named Bob. And that actor has passed on, but since he was something that was kind of this primordial evil and everything, they're going to have to, if they're bringing that, story element back in they're gonna have to recast they'll probably end up just being like he can take many forms and do something like that so um, yeah and there's ways around it or there's just the simple 
acknowledge it and move on like Iron Man 2, where Don Cheadle's first line when he shows up is, yeah, it's me. So get over it. Like <laughs> he literally it. said, get over it. And then they just move on. So yep. it's, and then you have something like Gladiator where it's not really a main character, but uh, Oliver, whatever the guy's name was, I can't remember his name right now, but they, um, you know, the, the, the trainer of Russell Crowe died and he was older and they just kind of did some very light year 2000 digital manipulations to shoot him from behind and stand-ins and doubles and photo doubles and kind of retracted his scenes. And it just, it, it makes you wonder like the fortuitousness is with the Carrie Fisher situation. Are they lucky in the standpoint of the way the dark Knight was where the dark Knight was lucky that Heath Ledger was done like and apparently he had just finished doing like ADR loops and stuff like a week or two before he died. So like he was completely done. You wonder how much Carrie Fisher's like completely if she were still around, would Ryan Johnson be calling her in like two months and saying, Hey, we need you to come in and reloop this line or do this or do that and I mean they were just locked in and I wonder if they can make any sort of manipulations now just vocal wise yeah that's a good point i was i was sitting here going oh god i hope they don't pull an episode three or something and like we end her character with for reasons we don't know she's dying of a broken heart (laughs) uh god (laughs) which can be explained now well, yeah, with, uh, that's why I thought of it and everything. <laughs> you can do all sorts of, like, of mental gymnastics. Well, I guess that would be one way to end it, but... You can do super-duper mental gymnastics. It didn't work gymnastics. so great with episode three. Yeah, um, but you can do a whole bunch of hoop jumping to figure out how to make that work with Padme dying of a broken heart and realizing, wait a minute, that's Anakin pulling the Force from her. So, Well, yeah, but I mean... It's like, let's, whatever it is, let's have it make logical sense on screen, Wait, not what? a bunch of hoop jumping, <laughs> not a bunch of hoop jumping and ancillary material. It's just like, let's just have this make sense in the moment. Just tell us what you want to tell us and then show us how you told us. <laughs> the other thing, yeah, the other thing that I'm kind of wondering about this and everything is kind of long term. Okay, we've seen, um, I don't know. It's probably always been this way. Now I'm thinking about it more, but I feel like we've seen an increasing number of like older properties coming back with original actors and actresses attached to it and everything for various reasons. Um, See our previous figure... episode called yeah. Boot Cool, where we talked about that. that. <laughs> uh, you got to figure that you know, as some of these people continue to age and everything, that this might become more of an increasing issue and where that might take either some of the ways that films choose to deal with this or what kind of projects studios are willing to take on because of it, depending on how successful or not, um, you know, something as big as Star Wars is and dealing with something like this. Yeah, but the thing is, is that the people who have who get paid a lot more than we do to do these things have already are way ahead of us on that decision making because apparently when they did do this, mm-hmm. when they got Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford, I mean they're no dummies. Disney knows this is their tentpole now, so they had these insurance policies, so they got cashed out like some sort of humongous insurance policy for just this exact. Event, so when she passed, they got like a hundred million or fifty million dollar insurance policy um, that they've put out on all of these actors for this exact thing. So I think it's it, it's something that they're way out of the curve on. That I think if there, any of these are brought back, I mean, even something as small as like Ash versus Evil Dead. I'm sure when they brought Bruce Campbell back, they're like, uh, you're not 20 anymore. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and, we're, you know, we're running this show. It's not a major show. We're running this show based off of you. And we're going to get an insurance policy on this guy. Oh, sure. I mean, I think it, it's, it happens with all of them. So, yeah, I mean, they're just, they're way ahead of the game on that one. They're going to get an insurance policy that they're going to then use that money to pay somebody to write themselves out of a corner. Mm. Or you have well, some, or you have something like, uh, 
you know, when you worry about the other people that it's their job for something ongoing, like yeah. what, like what you had happen with John Ritter, mm. you know, there, there was a television show that was fairly popular. I never saw it, but eight simple things or something, but, um, well, that went on for at least five years, I think, right? Well, a couple of years, yeah. It went yeah. on after he had died, but it was one of those things that you say, well, it it's the business versus the personal. I mean, you're ripping a wound out saying, oh, my God, this guy died. How can we go on? But then it's, well, but it's also, you know, the livelihood of several hundred, if not a thousand other people who, just because the main character died, had, so they found a way to go on by bringing in different Cast members to play family members and and right. whatnot. Larissa so. Skywalker. Exactly. So there's a missing triplet Skywalker out there. Wait, wait, wait. We we can go back and we can fix this. <laughs> but I mean, that's a, another. My wife and I have always wanted baby daughters. <laughs> but that's another option. Is you know you transfer some of the things to Luke, and. I mean, you can just create an, a new character, or Mon Mothma's still alive somehow. I don't know, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, or hell, just go for it and you just kill Princess Leia. I mean, you could very well do that, I'm and good. that would be more tragic. But you could actually have, and, and it's rare because when do you actually see that happen? Where that they just kill off a character who's. Uh, actor or actress is in this situation? Yeah, I mean, if an actor dies, I, I can't think of anything on these lists that we're going off of where they actually say, all right, well, that we're, we're going to make that character die. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm dredging this one up. Two and a half men when Charlie Sheen went bonkers. Yeah, but he didn't um, die. No, he didn't die, but they had the character die. Correct, but I'm saying the correlation between, you know, let's just say Fast and the Furious, Paul Walker dies, and they suddenly say, well, we're going to take Paul Walker's character and have him in a big, epic, the most epic car crash explosion you've ever seen, where The Rock yeah, and Vin Diesel throw a diamond I mean, something like that, where you actually have the character die. I mean, I think that's... Mm-hmm. What they did with John Ritter on that TV show, which, again, you pull yours up, I pull that up. <laughs> it's <laughs> random. But I think that's what they actually did is they did have that character he played die. And so that's how the actors were able to kind of grieve in public was the lines that were written. They were grieving for the both the character and the actor, John Ritter, on screen. Yeah. And ultimately, that may be the direction that they take this. I mean, it could be interesting. It could be very interesting for them to. I mean, you see the Han Solo death coming from a mile away. Well, yeah. I mean, they they might as well have just had like Biff. What's Han- this target on my chest? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, walking past a bunch of tombs, a blank tombstones <laughs> on his way to, to Starkiller Base. Uh, I mean, it just it was kind of obvious. But they get they get into the Falcon for the first time, and there's a skeleton in the Han Solo clothing <laughs> sitting in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shot in the back by Buford Tannen. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do that with Princess Leia. You can cause some sort of unforeseen dramatic turn that makes all of a sudden. I mean, hell, you, you could. Oh shoot! You could um, you could blow up the ship she's on. That wouldn't even take a whole lot of cutting. I mean, she's doing her thing one minute and gone the next. It's Star Wars. Things like that happen and. War. Yeah, it's extrapolating way too out, but I mean, you could, depending on what they do with it, something like that could be part of uh, an overall narrative that could somehow get Star Wars actual, like, award love if you pull something off like that. But I think it all really just depends on what their overarching canon story wanted to be, is, and, and it, it really just boils down to. Is this new trilogy supposed to be the redemption of Ben Solo, Kylo Ren? Or is he just heading down the dark path no matter what? Because if it's supposed to be about his redemption, 
then you either kill Princess Leia off screen and he feels bad about it, or if he does it or has something to do with it, there's no way he's getting redeemed. <laughs> I mean, there's an, in, there's an interesting question for you. Do we have dual protagonists in this new franchise storyline? See, I don't know because it, it, it's all just completely up in the air. I think they've done a, a kind of a, They've, A, done themselves a disservice, but B, they've kind of done themselves a masterful job of creating enough ambiguity to allow so many questions to come in and so many different theories to be not easily debunked that Mm -hmm. contradict one another. So we just were so new into this that it's it's amazing, but it's also a conundrum of... it's the lost. I hear you did Twin Peaks. I'll do mine. It's a lost conundrum. You create such a fervor of different fan opinions about way things can go that at some point, no matter what you do, it's going to be a disappointment. So <gasps> I think. Got that, it. Leia is Snoke. Or Leia is Snoke. Yeah. <laughs> Leia is Snoke. Luke is Ray. She just suddenly gets replaced by a CGI character. <laughs> and we're not talking like Uncanny Valley. She's just Snoke all of a sudden. It's like, well, nobody saw that coming. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> or she's in the ship explosion. She gets burned horrifically and gets put into a Vader-like suit, and she becomes like her father. <laughs> This sucks. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they, yeah, hopefully they don't go that route. No. And on our worst ideas list, <laughs> Leia is the new Vader. But oh. I'm good this time. Oh no, well, there's one we didn't see coming. <laughs> what the what? <laughs> Leia was the Phantom Menace all along. All along. There you go. <laughs> well, I guess that's... Uh, I, I, there's just so many different ways to go. And without seeing episode eight, we could spin this to the end of time, and I'd still... Oh, no, I, I was going to say, I, I think I earlier kind of voiced what I hope they don't do. Um, do you have an opinion about what you think would be appropriate I mean, regardless of, you know, us guessing where they wanted it to go, you know, what what would you hope for for this character in this storyline and everything as far as would you want them to just find some way to be able to, for the audience and the other characters to kind of say goodbye? Would you uh, prefer that they play it out as far as they can go with it and then just kind of parse off the storyline to other characters? I mean, what do you think would be a good way of handling this. See, I really, really, really don't know. <laughs> just, it's such a, <laughs> it is such a mind bending conundrum that again, without any information of what's coming up and what their master yeah. plan was, I don't, I don't have a clue. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm that just, they'll I'm just shoot from your head. I mean, I think that's what would you want? I think what they might do and I hope they don't, but I think they might, and they could make it work. They might do some sort of writing finagling to where she suddenly is not as crucial to the events of Episode 9, but mm-hmm. they will do some sort of simultaneous digital manipulation, double, far-off, you know, somebody, or even like maybe just a hologram where she's not anywhere on set. And then it's just kind of like, you know, Luke saying, you go form the resistance or something or go retire or go marry Chewie and serve that life debt and leave it open-ended so that somewhere down the line, they can leave themselves to the point of, hey, this technology might get to the point where we could do something digitally with her in the future in five or ten years. So let's not kill the character so that she can potentially come back. I I think that's what they're going to do is they're going to leave it just open-ended enough 
to say, hey, look, we got this close with Tarkin. We can potentially do this with Leia down the road. I always kind of wondered if uh, after they bumped off Han, I always kind of wondered, it's like, so are they just going to kill like one of these main leads in each of the coming films? (laughs) We got three of them. Uh, yeah, uh, but seriously, it's like, well, if you look at the pattern with the hero's journey and everything, um, the mentors always die because the heroes have to stand on their own. Well, and I think that's the best thing that Disney can do that's like pulling off a Band-Aid for the fans is they have to. They paid $4 billion and they're going to be making Star Wars movies until the the world explodes <laughs> which could be soon but before the world explodes they're not going to stop making these movies and they realize as storytellers that you can't keep saying the name Skywalker and expecting a, a an applause at 20 at the 25 minute mark in a studio on the Friday of the opening of the movie you say Skywalker yay woo! I know that name. You have to get away from that at some point. And they've started that by, you know, the new trilogy of people that they have, uh, the new trio of Ray, Finn and Poe. That's the new characters that we got to go with because they got to refresh it. Otherwise it's just going to get real stale real quick. And I was going to say, even absent that, I mean, you know, a lot of these people obviously are getting up there in years and either, aren't going to want to keep coming back for a bunch of these movies and everything, uh, or unfortunately they will also pass on. So, yeah, but it's just, it's the circle of life. I mean, it's, <laughs> if they're going to be telling these stories ongoing, it, they can't. That's why I think there's a very fine line. And so far they, they worked it. Uh, you know, I know where you are. I, I'd say, uh, I think they, I think they, they, fairly brilliantly found a way to make episode seven toe the line of everything where it's, we know you want the nostalgia. So here it is, but we also know what you don't know what you want. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) we know the audience and we know they're going to cheer when they see Luke, Han, Leia, the Falcon, Chewie. Yay. Those are cheer marks. But we also know that the audience is eventually going to realize that they're going to want someone new to follow. And so we have to do that. But because the franchise is so beloved, they had to toe the line of uh, more nostalgia than new stuff, I think is what they felt like they had to do to wash our mouths out of the prequel problem that they were (laughs) facing as well. So it was just a humongous balancing act that they had to do. But I think they set themselves up to, no matter what you thought of episode seven, I think they set themselves up to now they have the freedom to do not whatever they want, but they have the freedom now to just be like, all right, we, we gave you all your nostalgic itches. Now we're going to tell the story of the new characters because this is in the world of star Wars, just like ours. This is 30 years down the road. So, there's only so much time we're going to watch the same guy. I mean, it's the equivalent of some 70-year-old guy now finding his 1983 Camaro and going, <laughs> oh, I found it. And everybody cheering, woo! And then he gets into 83 Camaro. It's like like what we talked about in the reboot quills. The only one of the main reboot quills that never happened. It's like seeing Burt Reynolds get in the Trans Am right now and drive around. You're going to like that for about five minutes, and then you're going to start going, Oh, this is just sad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this was fun before, but I wish I was watching those movies. Yeah, so I think Disney set themselves up so well with the fact that we have to have new characters. I mean, this is 30 years down the road. Not everybody's still hanging around. Well, I've never argued that. I mean, not everybody's still hanging around going, we love Ronald Reagan and Michael J. Fox, and we want nothing new. It's more like, we love Ronald Reagan and Michael J. Fox, but how about these new guys that we're dealing with? (laughs) It's kind of similar. So 
I think they've set themselves up. Hello, Michael J. What crazy, wacky adventures should we go off on now? <laughs> All right, I'm just trying to think of anything generic in the mid-80s. <laughs> that's all that came to mind. Um, but I think it's just a, a matter of moving forward with the, the new characters that they've set up. And yes, they're tied to the old characters, but I think they've done it so well that the long roundabout way I'm getting to my point, which is too late, um, they've set themselves up to the, to allow whatever they're going to do with Leia and Carrie Fisher. It's not going to be the end all be all of the movie. I think that's no, she was not the central focus. I mean, if something like this had happened in the original trilogy, obviously it would have been different. Yeah. And so I think that's where they, they luck out. I mean, it, it's horrible in the tragic sense of what happened to her, but it was yeah. lucky in the sense that they got her for two movies. And Very even true. if the plan wasn't to kill each one off per movie, I think it's still, it's enough. I mean, you, yeah. you can't live with the, you can't have Princess Leia hanging out for the next like 15 movies. It's just, all right, <laughs> you you do, you serve your purpose. You're still there. But it's time to pass it on to these new people who do what they're going to do. And they have ties to the originals. That's fine. That's a soap opera. But they got their own stories to tell. Well, Ghost Han is coming back for at least three more. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ghost Hey Hey is going to show up. (laughs) Uh, Just stand there and look evil. Okay, good job. As a blue force ghost. But in my opinion, Kylo Ren is evil. (laughs) <laughs> now do blue force ghosts drink blue milk or white milk Ooh. Hello, Baru. <laughs> uh, wrapping this up what is your favorite we'll do we'll, we'll separate them mm. we'll separate them what is your favorite digital replacement of someone who died digital replacement like or not just digital what is your favorite replacement well, oh, I, got two, I got two separate characters, two separate categories here. Okay. I have a recast, uh-huh. and I have a replacement. Like a replacement would be Paul Walker. A recast right. would be Dumbledore. Right. Uh, hmm. Well, let's see. So I, I just keep thinking of all these ones where I'm like, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, that one didn't work. <laughs> This is this is tricky. Um, well, why don't you do yours, and I'll see if I can dredge anybody up. Well, I mean, I'm not even going to think about it that far. I mean, I think those are just. I'll just go with those. I, I'll just say the Paul Walker worked, and mm-hmm. the uh, Dumbledore worked. Yeah, those were both good. Um, God, again, I just keep thinking of all these like bad recasts that they've done over time. All right, fine. Who was your greatest ER replacement, Doctor? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> was it replacement Abby Lucy or a replacement Ross? Foreign Ross or uh... For, foreign Ross? There you go. <laughs> Doctor Carter. God, what was that? What was his name? <sighs> God, the actor's name is uh, Goran Viznik. And okay, I, uh, I wanted to say Viznik or Borsky or some uh, of the V, but I could not. I could not dredge up his name. I can't remember what his character's name was. Um, oh God, uh, Luca. Oh yeah! Yeah, holy go. God! Go. I guess I guess uh, I don't know. At, at least for one movie, I guess Harrison Ford replacing uh, Alec Baldwin. I didn't mind that at least initially. That was oh, okay. Yeah, we got. Yeah, but see, that's a different. That's... Some... Well, you said you said recasting. I mean, that's a recasting. But that's a different world, though. That's a Batman, uh-uh. James Bond <laughs> kind of right recasting i mean a recasting from somebody who died oh <laughs> and well, i'm pretty sure alex specific. baldwin is still here <laughs> no i michael gambon i mean I'm, I'm i was fine with him stepping into the uh dumbledore role i mean that was all right um yeah it, and, shit i mean even god i mean going back to the series we're talking about i guess technically i mean um, not that he would have been available, but you and McGregor slipping in to the Alec Guinness role and everything. I mean, that that was fine. Yeah, and then that's another tangent of younger version 
of person. Mm-hmm. So it's just, a, it's an interesting world of casting that exists now that we live in so many, um, you know, franchises. I don't think this wasn't a problem pre like what 1995, maybe <laughs> this is just a random date I'm thinking of to say, oh, well, that raises a new thought real quick. Um, you, you were talking about, you know, well, will they leave leave her fate open-ended and everything uh, for the possibility of her coming back? Um, I wonder if they would do something like that and then try when things look better visually and everything to do something more with the character. Well, that's they, what I mean. Would they be thinking that far down the road or even attempt something like that? Or would it just be kind of like, no, it's more appropriate and respectful if we just stop it here. Well, that's what I said. That's why I was saying, I think they'll do something to write her out, but not kill Leia and hope that in five or 10 years, the technology comes up to the point where they might be able to then do something. So they'll leave it open-ended. They won't put a a definitive stamp on it. I think think I'd rather have them just end it. But I think... They're, I don't think they're going to put back themselves into that corner, though. Mm. Well, they kind of did with uh, Harrison Ford's character. Yeah, but I think that was a plan all along. Well, and when you, yeah, I mean, you go back to the '80s, and he was asking for that. But when you think, of, but when you think about it, <laughs> of the three characters, Han Solo is not. It's a popular character, but right. again, we talk about the new kids taking over. That's the Burt Reynolds and the Trans Am comparison. <laughs> it's like, okay, good. He got back in the Falcon. He's chewy. He's still swindling. That's great. He made a cracked a joke. What more is this guy going to do? <laughs> there really isn't much more he could do outside of just seeing him in a nursing home in the, in the galaxy somewhere in like another 20. I remember flying to Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. You want to hear about it? No. <laughs> so that... It was actually more effective for that character to die than to do anything else in this new trilogy because there was nothing left for him to do. Like Harrison Ford used to always say when he used to joke about not doing it again, it was always he couldn't see doing Hansel again because it was just too thin. It was just a he's just a smuggling pirate guy for some reason. You kind of run into that in the back half of Return of the Jedi with the way that they ended up portraying his character in there. I'm just here. (laughs) I'm here doing stuff. All right. (laughs) High five, Trudy. (laughs) Uh, So next episode of Hindsight is 2020, we'll have two completely new people in that will. (laughs) Ooh, do we get to pick our own replacements? (laughs) We'll just do a replacement (laughs) episode. (laughs) They'll do their own version of the Man of Steel commentary. There you go. (laughs) Oh, good word. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Episodes can be downloaded on iTunes or at EnceladusLiterary.com. Opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect those of Enceladus Literary. Mr. Keaton. I'm Batman. No, you are not. Okay, but I...